Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Two Steelers fans in a pro football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all the news from the NFL, USFL, and XFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan's perspective. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, with the beginning of OTAs and the continuation of the NFL offseason, news continues to be slow. With that being said, we still have a couple key things that happened this week. Number one, which I'm sure a lot of you already know about, the retirement of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Frank Gore. Moving into the Steelers, the retirement of B.J. Finney, as well as some news on Minka Fitzpatrick's contract. So we'll get into that a little bit. Also, staying with the Steelers theme, uh, we'll go into a little bit how Brian Flores has whipped the Steelers defense back into shape and hopefully got them back into proper fighting form. And after we get through that, we will finish off the episode with Zach's hot take of the week. So we got a little bit of a more opinionated episode coming at you guys, but I don't think that'll make it any less interesting. Yes, and before we get into the podcast, we are going to ask that you head on over to our Instagram page where we post about different news from the NFL, USFL, and XFL, and also go into some of our hot takes for the week. So please head on over to our Instagram page, which is 2Steelers underscore fans. Again, 2Steelers underscore fans. But getting into the podcast here... First, we are going to talk about the retirement of two of the greatest journeymen in NFL history, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Frank Gore. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, in his career, has played for many teams in the NFL, starting out with St. Louis Rams, who are now the LA Rams, then moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans, New York Jets, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Miami Dolphins, and the Washington football team, who are now the Washington Commanders. Ryan Fitzpatrick ended his career with 34,990 passing yards and 223 touchdowns. Uh, Personally, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the better quarterbacks of all time. Top 10 greatest, top 20 greatest. I don't know if I would throw him up there with some of the amazing talent in the NFL with quarterbacks, but... Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is extremely underrated and has done a lot of good for a lot of teams. He's been able to help a lot of young quarterbacks make their way into the NFL and, uh, you know, start very good careers. He's been able to keep a couple teams relevant, winning some major games with Miami before he left there uh, and doing some just incredible things with a lot of teams. Uh, A lot of people have said that, you know, they loved Ryan Fitzpatrick being on their team. They really supported him, even in the down years. Uh, And then if any of you keep up with the NFL on social media, they posted a little fun thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick's fans. A group of them walking into the NFL draft wearing Ryan Fitzpatrick jerseys from each of the teams that he played with. So you can tell that no matter which team he played for, Uh, All of his fans still supported him, and the team's fans still supported him. So I think just as a fans player, he is definitely one of the best and most overlooked players, I believe, because he really does it for the fans. Moving on from him a little bit into Frank Gore. Frank Gore, uh, though commonly overlooked and definitely more of a fullback, still finished his career with not just the third most, rushing yards of all time, but the most satisfying number for rushing yards of all time 
finishing with exactly 16,000 yards at the end of his career. So the only two that have rushed for more yards than him are Walter Payton and Emmett Smith. But looking at some people that he has rushed for more yards than, Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson, Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, and the list goes on. And so many people say that all of these other players are better running backs, uh, better fullbacks even. And you know what? I would agree that some of them are better. Some of them have had better careers. But Frank Gore should be in the question for one of the best of all time, just looking at his stats and uh, his career overall. But Frank Gore in his career has played for many teams as well. Frank Gore started his career in 2005 with the San Francisco 49ers, where he played with them until 2014. Then he went to the Indianapolis Colts. After that, the Miami Dolphins and then the New York Jets. He recently signed a one-day deal with the San Francisco 49ers so that he could retire as a 49er at the end of his career. And after playing nearly, nearly 10 seasons with the 49ers, uh, it makes sense that he would want to retire as a member of that team as they were the ones that drafted him and really turned him into one of the greatest players of all time, or at least greatest running backs of all time. So, you know, they are not Steelers players, uh, but I would just like to say thank you to Ryan and Frank for everything you guys have done for the NFL. As some of the greatest journeymen of all time, I am a little disappointed that you guys never came over to the Steelers, but I guess I can't blame you for that. Kind of got to blame the GM just a little bit. And, you know, when we were looking for a quarterback in the offseason, part of me was hoping a little bit for Ryan Fitzpatrick to finally get him in the Steelers uniform to add to the many uniforms he's worn. But overall, I just want to say thank you to those guys for everything they've done for the NFL and hopefully everything they'll continue to do as retired players for this great sport that we love. But Dill, uh, what was your reaction to this big news and these big retirements? Well, I mean, obviously it sucks whenever great players finally retire. And even if Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't the most... You know, he wasn't the greatest passer. He wasn't the greatest, like, you know, he wasn't the most mobile quarterback or he wasn't the greatest leader at some time, at some points of his career. He was still a great player, and he still helped a lot of franchises. You know, he kept them afloat, as you mentioned, for long enough to get them to a point where they could actually compete again. And even putting that aside, he made for a damn good meme, and it really sucks when something like that finally comes to an end. So uh, we wish Ryan Fitzpatrick the best, and... We hope that he, he continues to prosper with his life moving forward. And then going into Frank Gore, I don't know a lot about him as a player. I mean, I know, obviously, the teams he's played for, and, of course, his satisfying rushing yard total is something that's hard to overlook. But I think that uh, Frank Gore kind of highlights a lot of really good running backs that have come and gone throughout the league, where they're these workhorses who go completely unnoticed just because they're not one of the bigger, flashier positions. And obviously, that's not the same with every running back. I mean, there are some running backs who get a ton of credit. You know, I know Le'Veon Bell was like that back when he played for the Steelers and back before he gained, like, 200 pounds and just his career completely fell off you know other guys around the league are like that Dalvin Cook Adrian Peterson was like that for a while Derrick Henry and so you know obviously these guys get credit but Frank Gore is an example that there can be players who put in a lot of hard work but still don't really get a lot of credit for it and Frank Gore put in he got a lot of credit whenever he was in his prime but you know even as he started to age and as the year started to really wear on him he was still putting in a lot of effort and he was still playing at a really high level so 
uh, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, it does suck to see him go. He wasn't exactly a meme like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was just a really, really good player. And he will be missed by the league and by coaches, GMs, owners uh, all around the NFL. Definitely. And moving into another big retirement, we got our boy BJ. Finney. BJ Finney, the center. He played for the Steelers. BJ Finney was with us since 2015 with a little hiccup there in the middle. At first, he was an undrafted free agent. And then after five seasons of playing with us, uh, he was picked up by Seattle for one year where he was then traded to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he then came back to the Steelers for one final season where he then retired the offseason after. So BJ Finney has only played eight full seasons in the NFL. And so most of them with the Steelers, six of them fully with the Steelers. But the way that I see BJ Finney is really one of the best practice squad players to ever get a start. Though, again, he's not a pro bowler. Uh, he's not a Hall of Famer. He is somebody that stepped up, played well when he had to, and really made the Steelers organization proud for, you know, the situation that he was thrown into. And he retired young. He's only 30 years old uh, at his retirement. And, you know, again, he didn't do the most for us. He wasn't one of, you know, the all-time greats in Steelers history. But he's somebody that, you know, as diehard Steelers fans, we remember his name. We notice when he retires, and we want to wish him best of luck. And we want to say thank you for everything you have done for us. Thank you for stepping up and helping us win those games that you did. And, uh, you know, thank you for being a true Steeler while you were on the field and off the field. Uh, Dill, is there anything you would like to touch on with the retirement of B.J. Finney? You know, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, there's not really much for me to add. But one thing that I will mention is that, you know, he subbed in for a couple of different positions on the offensive line. I believe he started as a right guard before they moved him to center for a couple of games. So he's been in and out playing for injured guys along the O-line, and I think that he's done a really good job, you know. A struggling O-line like the one that we've had for the past couple of years needed some consistency, and I think that B.J. Finney definitely brought that to the team. Again, even if he wasn't playing at, like, Hall of Fame level, he was still solid enough that if we needed someone to get by, we could rely on him to help us get by. So we thank him for his years of service, very similarly to Stefan Tuitt, although Stefan Tuitt, he did play better. He was a better player. But their value, I think, was pretty even, just for different reasons. Stefan Tuitt was obviously very valuable for his uh, ability to play and how well he played the game, whereas B.J. Finney was valuable for consistency more than anything else, I would say. Not that he was a bad center or right guard or anything, although he did have that one game. 2019 week one against the Patriots if every if anyone in Pittsburgh remembers full start offense everyone except for the center but besides that one hiccup in his Steelers career he played really well for us the legends say that he's still standing there on the New England Patriots field with the football in his right hand so thank you BJ Finney for everything you've done I hope you find your way out of the Patriots stadium sooner rather than later but anywho's on to Minka Fitzpatrick and his contract. So we have mentioned in uh, past episodes, and it's been floating around in Steelers news, that Minka Fitzpatrick is awaiting a new contract, similar to how TJ Watt was awaiting a big contract last season. Now, do I think Minka Fitzpatrick will get the same mega money that TJ Watt got with his salary last year? No, I don't think so. Be 
I'm not saying that Minka Fitzpatrick isn't one of the greatest players playing right now, but the way that I see it is Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the greats right now, where TJ Watt will be one of the greats of all time. So I don't know if he'll get a contract quite that big, but Minka Fitzpatrick does deserve a huge payday coming up for everything that he's done for the Steelers and just in the NFL in total. And I truly believe that he will get a big contract in the coming weeks or months. But the news coming out about Minka Fitzpatrick's contract is that rumors are floating around and reports are uh, saying that Minka Fitzpatrick's contract is in some of the final stages of development there. Uh, reasoning for this is that Minka Fitzpatrick has been at practice. He has been showing up to the mini camps and the training camps, but he has not been on the field. He has not been training with the players in the lineup. He's been training more on the side and with some of the personal trainers over there. And the reasoning is because he is staying with the Steelers. The contract is most likely coming very soon and in the final stages of development. But it is not fully developed, which is why he's not playing on the field for possible insurance reasons or also personal reasons for Minka saying, I don't want to necessarily start playing at practice because I could get injured before my contract is officially made, which could hinder the amount of money he would be making. So it's a smart move on both sides for the insurance reasons for the Steelers. If he's not fully involved with the team and he gets injured uh, in a practice, it could cause insurance reasons there. So it's understandable that until the contract is fully developed, that he won't be practicing on the field with the team, but doing more things off the field. My big thing is I love that Minka Fitzpatrick's still playing team right now. He's still involved with a lot of things, and he still seems to be holding a very good attitude about everything. But the fact that he is still at training camp, still doing all of that means in my eyes that he is definitely getting a big contract and we will hear about it soon. But, Dill, what's your reaction on this and uh, Minka's situation right now? You know, I think that overall it's probably good news for the Steelers to know that his contract is in its final stages of development because, obviously, that clears up a lot of confusion about, oh, is he going to hold out? Is he going to do, you know, this or that or whatever? Uh, that he is not holding out because, as we've said in previous episodes, holding out, especially when you got to pay other guys on the roster, obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick is definitely... At, he's the highest priority on the team, but we also have to pay out money to guys like TJ Watt, who we give that mega contract to. So it's good to know that he's not going to hold out and that he's going to take whatever money we can give him. Um, the one thing that I will mention is that I won't expect him to be getting a super mega deal. I know that Zach mentioned he won't get the deal that TJ Watt got, and I was never expecting that, but I don't think he's going to get a deal that a lot of people are expecting. I think that it's going to be a little bit cheaper. Not to say that his value is less, but just to say that the Steelers have always been an organization that has revolved around conserving money while also making sure to spend it where it's necessary. Is Minka Fitzpatrick a necessity? Yes. However, having said that, we also have to save some money for whoever we need to pay in the future. So he will be getting a decent-sized payout. I just don't think it's going to be as much as people think. But in any case, just to know that he's not holding out and to know that something is coming should be refreshing to all Steelers fans. Definitely. Uh, moving on from that, staying in the defensive realm of the Steelers, though, we are looking at Brian Flores. As new reports are coming out from training camp that Brian Flores is making his mark in Pittsburgh and starting to whip the Steelers into shape. And according to him and other coaches and players, the players are responding well. Now, 
because it's training camp and you know not all of the details are fully revealed we don't know a ton of things going on around this but going over the main parts the fact that Brian Flores is making his mark in Pittsburgh like we all knew he would when he was hired after being fired from the Miami Dolphins and picked up as a linebacker coach which he was fired from the Miami Dolphins almost got them to the playoffs on multiple seasons and is now our linebacker coach. One of the greatest steals in NFL history, in my opinion. But I love that after, you know, building up Miami's defense for many years and seeing what he can do there, he is now making his mark on the Steelers' defense, which has been great. It's been great for many years. But this past year, like we've mentioned in previous episodes, the rush defense wasn't great. The uh, secondary wasn't necessarily the best. And now Brian Flores is making his mark in the Steelers organization, bringing our back up to par and back up to what all Steelers fans expect from them. And I think this is great. So again, addressing what he did in Miami, he's been able to create a top 10 defense for multiple couple of his seasons in Miami. Not all of them, but a majority of his seasons in Miami, he did have a top defense there. Uh, he was able to help bring in players like Xavier Howard and defense, which was very important for the Miami Dolphins. And hopefully he will be doing that on more of a coaching level uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers and maybe not bringing in a lot of players because he's not at that kind of level of coaching for us, but at least whipping them into very good shape. And I do love that the Steelers players are responding and they're taking well to his coaching. Because a big thing in the NFL recently is that, you know, locker room and relationships on the team can be a big part of how the team responds in games and plays in games. And the Steelers, for the most part on defense, has been very good with that. We've had some problems on offense. But it's still been very evident for the Steelers that the better our locker room situation is, the better our players get along and our coaches get along, the better our team works. And the fact that Brian Flores has come in, uh, has really gotten along with these players, they're responding well to his coaching, I think that's a very important thing for our team. And I think it's going to make our defense, which is already top 10 caliber, uh, I think even better in possibly top five or even best in the league caliber. So I'm very excited for what Brian Flores is bringing to the table and can bring to the table. But, Dill, what is your opinion on Brian Flores and the Steelers right now? Well, I mean, bringing in a coach of the quality that Brian Flores is is a win for any team, and especially to steal him away at a point where he was probably entering his coaching prime. I mean, he brought a Dolphin squad that was really kind of full of a bunch of scrubs, or at least what we thought was a bunch of scrubs. He brought them together and galvanized them to a 10-6 and record, I believe, in not last year but the year before that, almost led them to the playoffs. Now, last year he did have a bit of a down year, uh, which, you know, people will say all day, oh, you know, it was, he was on his way down. That's why the Dolphins fired him. And, you know, we can argue all day over why the Dolphins fired him. But what that doesn't matter. What matters now is that he's in Pittsburgh and he's helping our defense get better. He's helping our defense regain its form that it had for a couple of years, obviously before last year, but a couple of years before that, where it was an absolute force to be reckoned with to the extent that people wanted to create a new name for it. You know, anytime you want to name a squad of players, that's a, usually a pretty good sign that they're a really solid squad. So I'm happy that we brought him in because he's a very talented coach, and we've seen that. But I'm even happier to know that the players are responding to him 
because, you know, we could sit here and say all day, oh, you know, he's a really talented coach. But if the players don't like him, then his talent's not going to matter. So to see the players respond to him in that way is huge because that means his talent is actually going to pay off for the organization. Yeah, and I think the only other thing that I want to address on that is, you know, I think one of the reasons why he might have been fired from Miami and why he didn't necessarily do well there is he wasn't always the most offensive-minded coach. And right now it's a very offensive-minded NFL. And he tried to build up their offense as best that he could, but that's not necessarily how he thinks. And that's why Miami's defense was the reason that they climbed to that 10-6 and record. They won nine games last season. And why they were a team that people did fear when they went to play them. And so the fact that we brought him in and kind of dialed him into what he's good at, the defense, I think that's very important. And that's actually going to help Brian a lot more than, you know, being the head coach of a honestly struggling team at this point. So hopefully Brian Flores continues to do very well with us. uh, And we will see what kind of defense he puts together when the season starts. Really good points there, Zach. And speaking of Zach and points, the time has now come to move into your hot take of the week. So, hit us with it, Zach. What have you brought for us this week? Yeah, so going back to our first segment where we talked about the retiring journeyman, my hot take is that Frank Gore is a top 10, possibly even top 5 running back of all time. Now, top 5, that can be debated. Top 10, in my book, can't. Because Frank Gore has proven that he is one of the greatest running backs of all time. Now, talent that we've seen at running back, being third overall in rushing yards in NFL history is incredibly impressive. And I I would like to say it's even more impressive retiring with exactly 16,000 yards. I seriously think he planned it. But regardless, people like Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, in overall rankings for rushing yards is insane and yes he's played for a lot of seasons yes he's played for many teams but I think actually playing for many teams might have hurt him playing under different coaches for different teams with different o-lines with different philosophies different quarterbacks and going through multiple different teams I think that's very difficult to do and keep that production going from team to team Also, Frank Gore was one of the biggest running backs of all time. He was classified as more of a fullback. The man was huge. He didn't have the nimbleness that some people like Adrian Peterson or LaDainian Tomlinson had. He might have not been able to break as many tackles. And the fact that he played as many seasons as he did, and he bulldozed through as many people that he did to get 16,000 rushing yards makes him one of the greatest of all time. Now, you could say that some of these other people, well, you know, they were able to break tackles. They were able to uh, jump over people, and they might have played for less seasons. Yes, but Frank Gore put his body on the line every time he played because that's the type of player that he was. And the fact that he played for that many seasons for some very, very depressing franchises like the Jets... Or the Jets. Or the Jets. We didn't say that's impressive enough. Playing for franchises that might not have been the best of all time. And still able to be one of the greatest running backs of all time. And 
go for as many yards as he did. It's something that I think a lot of people really overlooked. And I, I'm here to say that you can't be overlooking this man anymore. And he's got to go down as a top five or at least top 10 greatest running back of all time. So, folks, so please uh, go home, think about Frank Gore tonight and how he is one of the greatest running backs of all time. But that does conclude our podcast for today. And we are going to end our podcast like Steelers fans end every day. Here Here we we go.